Hey there, it's Dr. Sophia Satterwhite, founder and CEO of She Heals the World. I'm so happy that you are tuning in to today's episode to hear the top lifestyle and business tips from women entrepreneurs all around the globe. If you found this show helpful, be sure to share it with a friend. That's how our community grows. Today's guest is coming up next. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show. So if you're like me, you've been spending your quarantine indulging in lots of sweet treats. So I decided to bring Blair on the show today. She is a dessert blogger, and she's pretty good at what she does. She's going to share some baking secrets with us, as well as tell us a little bit more about her journey. Blair, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, super happy to have you. Would you mind just kind of giving the audience a little bit of background about your business and how you got started with your work? Sure. Um, So so I have a baking blog um, where I document different recipes, resources um, to help people gain confidence in the kitchen. Um, I started out actually by uh, baking from home when I was pregnant. I had a major sweet tooth um, and I just couldn't afford to keep buying cakes out. Uh, (laughs) So I started making my own cakes um, and it progressed into something that I could do with my son. Um, I was really terrified to have a boy. I'm, I'm from a family of all girls, all female cousins, and I didn't know what I was going to have a special or how I was going to have a special bond with my son. Um, and so being able to share my excitement and passion for baking, uh, with him was how all of this kind of got started. Um, and it's just progressed from there. Mm -hmm. And why do you keep on blogging? Because I know like there, it's not easy and we'll talk a little bit about some of the hurdles you may have experienced, but Mm -hmm. why is it important for you to continue to do this work? For me, baking, it provides a sense of creativity for me, um, and it's something solely for me. Um, I, it's something that I enjoy, and it's not, um, it's not for anybody else. So um, blogging about it has, it's been, it's opened me to a variety of different people uh, all around the world who I can now connect with over our shared love of baking and sweets. Um, and it just gives me that sense of something for me because I'm, I'm a mom, I have two little, little kids and so much going on in the world. Um, but it's that stress relief and, um, connection to other people all around the world. Mm, Very cool. Very cool. So as you were thinking of making this an actual business, like what hurdles have you overcome in the building process? So there's been, I mean, of course, as with any business, there's been a lot of different hurdles. Um, For me, initially, it was figuring out, um, am I good at this? Do I have enough knowledge to share with people about it. Um, and I think it was just building that confidence, um, to have authority over my page and know, yes, I do know a lot and I have something to share. Um, and it's something unique because I, I've never taken a baking course in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm self-taught and, um, 
yeah, just having the confidence to, to move forward with it and take not necessarily a step away from physical therapy because I still do practice, but um, mm-hmm. to have it uh, in my life as well. Mm-hmm. Now, what is that like? And, and we didn't talk too much about this beforehand, but what is it like balancing a career um, and running a, a blog in almost a full-time business? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, luckily I, being from Canada, I was on maternity leave uh, for a bit. So I was able to establish my business while I was on maternity leave, which is a whole nother can of worms of um, busyness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, so I haven't been practicing uh, physical therapy right now. Um, We've just done a huge move down to the US. And so um, I'm going to be practicing soon. So I haven't gotten too far into managing both. Um, but I am anticipating it being very challenging. Mm-hmm. Well, you've gotten a lot of followers in a really short amount of time. And so what was that process like being new and experiencing growth so fast? Do you have any tips for our audience if they're newly in their business or their blog and they are kind of still in their nine to five, but still running the blog mm-hmm. and they're trying to grow so that they can eventually leave their nine to five if that's what they want? Yeah. So my biggest piece of advice, um, which I didn't want to hear when I was first starting was to not pay attention to the numbers because Mm. yes, the numbers matter to an extent. Um, but it's more about the engagement with the members. So my biggest, um, the, the re the way that I run mine is that I am more concerned about each and every single follower who I have and not who I don't have. So I want to make a relationship with each follower. I love talking to followers. Um, I've, I've made friendships with a lot of them. Um, and so having, having a relationship and engaging with people is the most important factor in my business. And it's, um, I think makes you relatable and, um, it makes people trust you and want to see you succeed and then also share your business with other people. Mm, very cool. Now I'm going to throw a little curveball question in here just because I'm nosy and super curious. What yeah. made you move to California? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have always wanted to live in California. I'm a very warm weather person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've kind of always thought about it my entire life and with my husband's profession and as well as mine, um, being a physical therapist, uh, I, we can both work down here, um, under a certain visa. So that's our reasoning for coming down to the U S. Well, I hope you like it here. The weather is definitely, I'm not in Cali. I'm on the East coast, but the weather is definitely nice in, in California. So I'm sure you'll have a blast. (laughs) Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. We're not used to sun all the time. Okay. I can't wait to get into these cake tips and baking tips and the whole bit and specifically like making your cake moist. So um, and scrumptious and delicious yeah. and all of those amazing words when we talk about cake. So you make your cake at your cakes and your baked goods from scratch. That's right. Right. I do. Yes. Okay. So what, before we get into like the secret sauce, like what are, for those people who are not really bakers, what are some of the ingredients that they need to have on hand for a good cake? 
Yeah, so typically um, you need uh, either all-purpose flour or cake flour, sugar, uh, baking soda, baking powder, eggs, vanilla, uh, milk. Those are probably the top ones that you'll want to have for like a basic vanilla cake. Mm -hmm. And do you do the all-purpose or the cake flour? Which one do you prefer and what is the difference? Uh, So... It depends on what type of recipe that I'm making. Um, With, say, a vanilla cake, I will use cake flour. The reason I use it um, is because it has a lower protein to it. And so when you're mixing, you want a light and fluffy cake. If you're uh, mixing all-purpose flour, it has more protein uh, and therefore makes more gluten. And so it's denser. Uh, Mm. So... If you're looking for a really light and fluffy cake, you would likely go for a cake flour. Okay. And are there any of your favorite brands that do a really good cake flour that you would recommend to the community? So I actually do a cake flour hack because I never store cake flour at my house. Oh, Um, this is good. (laughs) So I make my own. um, And so basically it's one cup of all-purpose flour. And then you're going to take two tablespoons of it out and replace it with two tablespoons of cornstarch. So cornstarch has lower protein and it's more similar uh, to cake flour. So you'll sift it all together and mix it up and it's going to become a um, softer flour. Um, When I first started out... I found vanilla cakes to be so hard to make because they would always turn out dense and dry and just gross. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like I finally kind of mastered that vanilla cake. So it's so important when you're measuring your flour to measure it properly. You don't want to take your your, um, measuring cup and just scoop directly from your flour container because it's going to pack the flour in too much. And so you're going to end up with way more flour than you actually need. Mm. So measuring it by, um, it's a little bit tedious, but it's so worth it. You take your measuring cup and you spoon flour into it so that it aerates it a little bit. um, And you're not actually going to end up with as much flour. So flour, if you have too much in it, it's going to make your cake dry. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my um, tip would be, um, don't over bake your cake. It's tempting to leave your cake in a little bit long, um, just because you want to make sure that it's cooked. But if you over bake your cake, even by a minute, your cake's going to end up dry. Mm, that's such a good tip. And I noticed that with, um, I was making some biscuits the other week. I, so I meant to make, uh, crumpets I think it's like those English um breads and they came out awful because I had to cook them in the cast iron and I don't really bake with the cast iron and Mm -hmm. it just was like not not it so I was like okay Mm -hmm. you know what I'm just gonna do some old-fashioned southern biscuits and I learned that if you turn the oven off slightly early Mm -hmm. and just let leave them in and just let the heat as the oven's cooling off just like give it that final little bake Mm -hmm. it will come out so soft and I haven't tried it for cake but I know with biscuits that was like a major hack for me game changer for sure (laughs) so when you're checking your cake to see if it's done 
um, you can stick a toothpick or a knife or something into the center. If it comes out with a few um, crumbs on it, that's fine. It's just that you don't want your knife to come out with batter because it's still going to cook for about, you know, 10 minutes while it's cooling in the pan afterward as well. So mm. crucial. Don't leave it in there too long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another one that uh, I learned was that every oven is so different in terms of temperature. So the recipe might say bake at 350 and you set your oven to 350, but the temperature inside isn't actually at 350. So mm -hmm. um, invest in an oven thermometer to make sure that what you're typing into your uh, oven is actually the temperature that's in the oven is a really good one to do. Uh, and then you can kind of set the two so that they're, they match. Yeah. And, and I didn't notice like taking that a step further. I didn't notice that there were so many different kinds of baking in the oven. And so now I'm like, okay, I think that thermometer will really help because depending on the style that you're baking yeah. will determine the temperature inside for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, another thing that you can do is if you have over baked your cake a little bit, um, when you take it out, you can add a soak to it. So I like to do, um, simple syrups on my cakes because you can flavor them however you want. Um, and so you'll brush a simple syrup on the top of your cake, um, Ooh. or you pour it on. Um, and it just gives it a bit of extra moisture. And then you could also flavor it if you like. Ooh, that's a good one. Simple syrup. I have never used that before. I can imagine some vanilla simple syrup on a cake would taste really, yeah. really good. Yes, we did. Um, I did a bake along with uh, a lot of different people. Um, just on my Instagram and we made an Earl Grey cake and we did an Earl Grey simple syrup for it and it's delicious. Mm -hmm. So this is a beginner's question and it may also reveal the time period that, that I grew up and the <laughs> awful food that I ate as a child. So okay. is there a difference between yellow cake and vanilla cake? Yeah. So it just depends on if, uh, so there's, like white cake and yellow cake white cake you um you don't want that yellow color to it and so you're not using egg yolks versus mm. a white egg whites so mm. with my cake so you could do a yellow cake that's vanilla and a yellow or a white cake that's vanilla it just mm. on your egg what you're using for your eggs so my next tip for making a delicious cake um, goes along with the use of cake flour, especially with a vanilla cake, um, because there's nothing worse than a dense cake. So in order to pre prevent it from being dense, we need to make sure that we're not over mixing the cake. Because as I mentioned before, when you over mix, you're producing more gluten, um, which makes it more dense. So, um, making sure that you mix only as long as you need. A lot of times I'll specify in my recipes, you know, only 30 seconds, 30 seconds to a minute. Don't leave your mixer on and walk away from it because that's mm. going to leave you with a dense cake. Mm -hmm. Have you ever mixed by hand? 
I have a KitchenAid, and so I typically will rely heavily on that. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, there are certain recipes where you don't need to use uh, a a stand mixer. But Mm -hmm. I find that with um, mixing by hand, you can't, you, I would tend to over mix it. Mm, Okay. I didn't even know if it was possible. Like I try to bring myself back to like, okay, pay it, you know, the old school grandmas before there were mixers, they would do this by hand. So if your mixer's broken, you got this, you could just do it. And every time I'm like, uh, not happening. <laughs> I could just, totally. <laughs> Especially when it says mix for five minutes on high yes! speed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, what were these women like super women? Oh, they were super women, of course, but yeah. my goodness, I could my hand. Yeah, totally. Um, And then my last one is about how to store your cake layers. If you're going to be baking them one day and then decorating the next day, which is typically what I will do um, just to break up the process. I mean, I have kids, I don't have a lot of time to do it all in one go. Mm -hmm. So um, it's really important to not let your cake layers just sit out. You, as soon as they're cool, you want to wrap them in plastic wrap. Um, and if it's just being decorated the next day, it's okay to leave them out, but I like to freeze mine actually, um, and take them out of the freezer the morning I'm going to decorate and let them thaw. Putting them in the fridge can actually dry them out. Ah, okay. That is a huge one. Um, so in the summer, it's still okay to leave them out on the counter. Like that's okay to do. If it's baked or if it's decorated. If it's baked. If without it's baked. You can, as long as it's wrapped really well, but I would recommend putting it in the freezer just okay. because it's also easier to decorate a cake that's really chilled Um, So that it's not moving around and crumbly and everything. So I would recommend freezing overnight and then frosting. And how long do you need to defrost it before it's ready to be frosted? Only about 30 minutes because it's a bit, uh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty warm here, so. Okay. (laughs) but it's okay if your cake is chilled. Um, I generally will only frost a cake when it's chilled. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then once you decorate it though, how do you store it and how long is it good for? That's a trick question because I didn't plan to ask you this, but I think this is an important one that we need to know. (laughs) It's really important. Yeah. And it's something that I had such a hard time with when I first started baking. Like, how long is this good for? What, what do I do with this cake? So when you, it depends on the type of frosting that you're using. So American buttercream is primarily sugar and butter. Um, so it's okay if it sits out on the counter uh, during the day. I, You can keep it overnight as well, as long as it's uh, stored in a tight container. So if you have like a cake stand, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. If you have cream cheese buttercream, it needs to be in the refrigerator. Mm. Put the dairy in it. Mm-hmm. And then with a Swiss meringue buttercream, um, you would store it in the fridge as well. Mm. So I, I don't cover my cakes in the fridge. Um, mm-hmm. 
I'm not worried about the cake layers themselves drying out because the buttercream kind of locks in that moisture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just keep them on my cake plate and put them into the fridge. You could technically store them with a um, cake top or like a cake stand lid on yeah. top. Yeah. Super helpful. And how many days do you think it's good in the fridge? I would from like maximal freshness, I would eat it within two to three days. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I'm so hungry right now for cake. It's like not even funny. I don't recommend eating cake every day, guys, but I don't know. I may have a little piece of cake every day this week. Let's see how that goes. (laughs) Wow. Super helpful tips. I cannot thank you enough for sharing them. I would love to know now that you are the woman you are, you have built this beautiful business based off of your passion and you're going around talking about cake. Like how fun is that? If you could look back and give your 10 year younger self any piece of advice, what would it be? I would tell myself to be gentle and be kind to yourself. Um, It's okay if you don't know what you want to do. Nobody has it figured out. Um, And I would also, for myself, but for anybody just to look at all of the things that excite you and are interesting. Um, growing up, I didn't even really consider baking a job. I did, it didn't really even come into my mind as a, oh, I could do this for my life. Um, I was sort of always very focused on science and um, having a career in science because I was good at science. So um, I think the biggest thing is Figure, figure out what makes you happy because long term that's that's going to be the most important mm, I love that beautiful this has been so insightful and so fun Blair how can our audience find and support you so you can find me on Instagram I'm at baked underscore by Blair and my website is bakedbyblair.com and you'll see a lot of different recipes, uh, tutorials. And then on Instagram, I love to show real life and um, take you along on some of my baking journeys and new recipes. So Instagram and my website are probably my top two as well as my Facebook, which is Baked by Blair as well. Oh, Blair super fun having you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. And I can't wait to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. And as always, for more resources, as you continue to live out your beautiful mission of healing the world and grow your beautiful business, you can head to www.shehealstheworld.com forward slash freebie to see what new resources I have in store for you. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend and I can't wait to see you at the next episode.